Welcome to I Am Goddess Collective Podcast, a platform for women to rise up together in sacred sisterhood. We are here to awaken, empower, and support you in claiming your yes as you step into your truth and divine power as a goddess. We are the healers, the shamans, the wise women, the unicorns, the fairies, and the mermaids who have come together to offer ourselves as messengers for the rise of the feminine. I am your host, Nixie Marie, goddess activist, shamanic artist, and oracle guide. I invite you to take a deep breath inhaling white sparkly pixie loving light and exhaling anything that no longer serves you as we sit in sacred council together welcome to my temple baby Hello, beautiful goddesses. Welcome back to another episode of I Am Goddess Collective Podcast. I am not alone today. I'm actually sitting with a beautiful blonde babe sister, (laughs) Joanna DeVoe. Hello, gorgeous. Hi. Hi. Right back at you, gorgeous. (laughs) I'm very excited to have you on today because I've definitely followed your work for quite some time and feel like you're going to be a really great addition to all the magic we've been talking about and creating here on the podcast. So Joanna is a witch who definitely has a very beautiful like personality and how she brings such, such humor and pure rawness into the space with how she teaches and educates. And she has been... Cool. Like, I would say you're actually kind of been not like someone I look up to, but someone, you know, that I've been like, that woman's doing some badass stuff. And I really appreciate what she's up to. So she is a life-loving kooky creatrix behind the kick-ass, behind kick-ass witch, putting the K in magic and the author of the free ebook, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and All That Good Shit. She also hosts a weekly podcast, Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. So welcome, darling. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love that you said I don't look up to her. I just recognize and appreciate like someone doing something badass because I, that's just so important to me that, and I don't present myself as a guru of any kind, but I just love the idea that we can show up and we can be authentic and we can be vulnerable and raw and it can 
we can inspire each other to be more ourselves kind of in a way. And I just had a Nixie Marie morning because I'm new to you. So you've been doing <laughs> that for me all morning long. I stalked your Instagram. I listened Aww. to quite a few podcasts, a Facebook live, and I'm so excited to talk to you now after just saturating my brain with all things Nixie Marie. Oh, thank you, sister. Yeah, I love that you said that too, just like being a mirror and seeing and recognizing. And I think that's why we're doing the work that we're doing now is because we just kind of want to be authentic to who we really are and show and kind of be maybe an example or just a inspiration for someone who also wants to walk their path and feel like, you know, all the stories come up of why they can't. And it's just like, we're all the same, you know, at the end of the day. So yeah. yeah, thank you for that. Um, and also, Joanna's pretty much going to lead us in a some sort of blessing or some sort before we get started into the interview or topic that we dive deep into. So take it away, girl. Yeah, I'm just going to do something that I do before every tarot reading, before I meditate, before I do any kind of spiritual anything, and just sometimes if I need a little bit of grounding. Um, so basically it just entails taking your hand and putting it on your chest with some pressure, not just placing it there, but actually pushing. So you feel your body and then I just close my eyes and I say, I ask all high guides from the white light and love from the fifth dimension and above to join us now and in grounding into this moment in being fully present and open to whatever is going to happen during this interview. So mode it be. Mm, uh -huh. That's beautiful. Thank you. So I really want to ask you, I have a lot to ask you, of course, but I, I think I would like to start with kind of where your path began and how you stumbled across this this craft and uh we'll go from there so you're asking me specifically about witchcraft right absolutely yes <laughs> okay. let me tap into my little witchy my little witchy necklace here um because my path is so winding it, it probably is for all of us but uh the cliff notes version is i grew up in a mennonite brethren family and community, like very tight knit. Everybody we knew were Christian. And I loved, loved, loved Jesus. But I had a very, children are so magical. So I had a very like mystical connection to Jesus. I felt that he was communicating to me largely through nature. Usually if I saw a rainbow or like clouds opening up in a specific way or floating under the swimming pool and, and looking up at the world under the water, like moments like that, you know, and um, I prayed all the time. And then I had a falling out in my teen years with Christianity, just the whole thing, and which is a whole story unto itself. And then I went very new agey, like into my 20s, new agey Hollywood, which you're, I think, quite familiar with what that is. Oh, yeah. I got really into meditating and channeling specifically was a passion of mine for a long time, not in a healthy way. I think I went like too far with it and, you know, late at night, <laughs> like up alone in the dark, like just, it just became an obsession of mine. But I spent quite a bit of time doing that. 
then I really got into the law of attraction and had this little flirtation with something called nature and Buddhism, which I had a very surfacey understanding of, but which I just kind of threw myself into anyway, chanting Nam Yoho Renge Kyo. <laughs> yes, that's my favorite chant though. <laughs> yes, I still love it. Um, but it was in doing that, practicing the law of attraction, practicing that chant, that I just, things started happening that were impossible, right? Like you set an intention for something that seems outside your your realm of possibilities at the time. I mean, that's why we reach for magic, right? Because it's, yeah. it's not something that's like so easy to do. So you like, you're looking for help, right? From the right. universe. And it just started happening, really, really happening for me. And I got curious about magic. I just started being like, this is magic. Wayne Dyer had a book called Real Magic. And um, that might have influenced me. I was a fan of that book. But I really started thinking about magic and then magic with a K and then witchcraft. And I started looking at that which is a whole saga unto itself. And it still is like, it's always changing because I'm a learner. I'm a lifelong learner. I like to learn and grow and explore, but it really became like a growing down process and a soul process. Mm. So, you know, like Hollywood new agey, there's like a time in our lives. I think I say Hollywood new agey because that was my time in my life in my twenties and my early thirties. It was very much about vibes and high vibes and ascension and all of that. I think there's a time to grow up and I think there's a time to grow down. Mm. And so for me, witchcraft was a time to grow down and to like really ground and to become an, a fully embodied in the flesh kind of soul. And so there's just a nice balance between the two now. So I live somewhere in between, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I can see myself in you in many ways in that regard as well. Cause I'm like coming on, I'm going into my Saturn return right now mm. and uh, definitely the ho Hollywood new agey was a big part of my awakening stage. Yes. And then it, be, then I really followed the craft and then I sort of stepped away from it coming out of a narcissistic relationship and was like, wait, I kind of want to check out you know, and now I'm back, I'm living in a year in Topanga and I'm like, I'm earth based back to the craft. So it's like calling me again in this very profound way. And I really think that it's, it's important to be grounded right now more than ever before, at least in my life. And, and, um, I can speak for myself, of course, but I think, uh, that being like out there, you know, in the, in the metaphysical multidimensional realities mm -hmm. is very powerful, but it's for, for what, what I'm hearing you say is basically you fell into witchcraft to bring and harness all those into your daily life and like yeah. into humanity. I think I was interested in magic and that that was a byproduct of exploring magic and mm -hmm. because really witchcraft is so physical and creative and it's tangible it's sensual it's you know getting your hands in the dirt it's <laughs> it's oiling up a candle it's uh it's physical in a way mm -hmm. whereas a lot of what i was focused on before was all up here it was like all upper chakra and as a as a um <clears throat> i i can't even say this about myself because it's almost true of all of us as a trauma survivor right mm -hmm. what we tend to do is we escape up into our upper chakras and so our lower chakras uh 
problems can come up for us there. We could be very clumsy, bumping into furniture a lot. <laughs> our, our finances can get really out of control because like money's not spiritual, man. And like, <laughs> you know, it's just like we're, we get so up here. Yeah. And sometimes I see it presented with a little bit of like spiritual snobbery, you know, like, oh, yeah, um, yeah. And I'm just like, well, that's kind of what I love about podcasting. Every podcaster, especially people that talk, that keep it real, you know, like flaws and all, people that show up warts and all, we're all like humans mm-hmm. in general. We're all individual pieces of the divine. Like mm-hmm. we are the divine expressing itself in these unique ways. When I listen to different podcasters that show up in a really authentic way, even if they're not spiritual or whatever, I'm like, God, there's God, there's God, there's God, there's God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, Anyway, I'm going to go off on a tangent, which I'm prone to do, but uh, (laughs) I think it's the flaws that are very interesting to me more than like the spiritual hierarchy that can happen. Yeah, I've been seeing, I've been sort of seeing that in my reality and also getting sucked into it at times where like I'll go on Instagram or I'll go on Facebook and I get sort of fantasized by this person who's doing this thing. And I stop myself and I'm asking like, why, why am I so, you know, googly eyed over this? What is that person like doing that's almost capturing me in this way? You know what I mean? It's very interesting. And I've been kind of on this journey lately of kind of pulling things behind the curtain and really asking myself for it to to see the illusions, you know? Yeah. Can I just tell you something random that's so funny? Because I'm looking at you literally in a yurt right now. Um, I've been very behind and catching up, which is why I just had my Nixie Marie moment this morning. I'm like, I better like get into like who this person is before I talk to her and like know who I'm talking to. I just said yes. Cause I just liked the feeling I got, you know, when I opened yeah. it, I was like, I think I like her. I don't know why. So this morning it was like, let's find out why. Well, this weekend I went to one of my favorite places. I love going up to Big Sur and Cambria mm. and that area. And uh, my son and I went to Cayucas and Cambria. And every time I come home, I just have this, like, how can I take this with me? Like, I need to take this with me. The feeling that I get up there and the smell, everything is so herbalicious. It just smells amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm driving home and I'm like, I really want to find that in LA for myself again. Like, I need to tap into the feeling I get up there at home. Mm -hmm. And um, so I started thinking about Topanga Canyon and I was like, I think we're going to take a weekend date to Topanga Canyon, Tanner and I, my son. (laughs) And then we're driving by it and I'm telling him like, let's go there this weekend. Like, let's go shopping and go to the restaurants and just walk around in nature. And, and so when I opened, that was literally yesterday. So when I opened your email again, it was oh. around on links and stuff. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So you, were, <laughs> you were in Topanga yesterday? Just drive through, like on the way oh, okay. home, you know, just past it. But I was just thinking like, oh, funny. Topanga, which I haven't had a Topanga thought in many years. And now here you are. I'm talking to you and you're sitting in Topanga in a yurt. No, yeah. <laughs> well, Topanga is really interesting because it's sort of this, like it's this mother that calls and she called me in so strong, like two years ago. And I felt I've always known I have had to come here to go through healing and also to re- like rediscover something about myself that I had been seeking mm-hmm. and trying to validate through other things. 
you know. And so now that I'm here, I moved in June. It's been a wild ride because it's almost like I've had to fully surrender to what I thought everything was going to look like to just trust in this flow and know that I'm like really protected. And this used to be a shamanic journeying yurt. So there's a lot of, there was a lot of cleansing and constantly cleansing that I'm doing because I can feel the spirits and there's a lot of ayahuasca medicine in this environment, but I don't necessarily partake in that. I've never actually done ayahuasca, but um, it just, there's just a natural flow of medicine going through this area. And I think all of LA really, but like, there's a reason why I think there's so many souls and spirits and beings here in LA and we're like, you know, kind of creating the vibrations of what our planet is. I, at least that's what I see. But up here, I needed a place to go to just like drop in, you know, to my craft and to nature and watch the seasons literally before me, you know, being on the earth. So I am uh, fully enrolled in this place right now. <laughs> and for people who don't know, Topanga is like a little nook Mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, where as hippie as you might think Los Angeles is, it's like a little bohemian hippie artist enclave. Like, how would you describe it? Yeah, With, totally. Within the city. Yeah. And um, But isn't it interesting that we live literally in the city of angels? And people mm-hmm. think of, I think people think of demons <laughs> when they think of Los Angeles <laughs> and Hollywood. And um, I, my last newsletter, I was talking about demons and angels and how we can be earth angels for each other. And I think sometimes maybe we have to like go through the demon phase, you know, and um, yeah. learn to love the demons within instead of casting them out or slaying dragons, like having... Mm-hmm. To me, that's what shadow work is. It's learning to love every single part of yourself, including those things that you perceive as demons. And in that way, the fallen angels become earth angels and like integrated into who you are now, like walking the earth. And from that place of like true, deep self-love, the way that that touches the lives mm-hmm. around you. And so in that way, Los yeah. Angeles can be a really powerful place. Yeah, well said. I love that you highlighted shadow work too, because that was something I wanted to to dive in with you, because I know that some of the work that I had seen you talk about was really in, like, I think you did like a whole month of shadow work or something. I can't quite remember. It was probably a couple of years ago. But, uh, you know, a lot of people have been asking me, what is shadow work? How can I work with the shadow? And I find shadow work to be just honestly the most rewarding, because it is something where I can take like walk away from and go, not necessarily walk away, but, you know, move from that, that cycle and go, I just went through the like demons, like you say, and all the fears and I can stand up still and I'm still breathing. And I'm, you know, cause those are the scary parts to look at. So, you know, you kind of just said what shadow work really is, but Hmm. Yeah, I've been talking about it lately too. Cause I literally, I just, um, I just released my newest product. It's called Shadow Love. And it's about how shadow shadow work is really about self-love. And because I think the way it's presented a lot of times is a little bit confusing for people. And they're, they get so scared of it. But there's like many different layers to shadow work. You can approach it. You don't have to like dive deep, like right into the pits of the trauma of your life to do shadow work. Like you can just start with, I don't know, like some tension that you tend to have with the friends in your life and kind of look at that and what your pieces of that 
once you identify like, hmm, this is what I'm contributing to that tension, you know, <laughs> it's my jealousy. Like I'm, and so I tend to like pick at my friends in this weird passive aggressive way. You can <laughs> just take that, take that, like that's not a judgment on yourself that you need to shame yourself for. It's an invitation to go deeper into why and then to learn to love that part of yourself because that's the only way to release that right to pick on your friends right is to be like oh well why why do I feel jealous I guess I feel like there's not enough for all of us and why do Mm -hmm. I feel like that you know and you end up going back to your childhood but you give that inner child who thinks that some love you invite that shadowy inner child up until to the conscious party, like your conscious awareness right now, and you learn to love that piece. There are so many different layers in there. You can spend your lifetime feeling around. <laughs> so it's, um, I just love that practice. And I love when I first, today, hey, today is my six year business anniversary. I literally- Oh my gosh, I, congratulations. I know, I, I forgot. I knew it was coming up, but this morning when I woke up, I was like, what is today? What is today? don't know. <laughs> I was like, hey, that's so cool. Um, but when I started Kick-Ass Switch, I started with a um, free ebook that I still give out and it's all about self-love, right? So seven steps to create a kick-ass sense of self-love, which I stand by still, but it's through doing Kick-Ass Switch and talking about shadow work that I started coming to see like, this is a whole other way to love yourself. This is about loving those demons like I was talking about it's like mm-hmm. loving all yeah. the rejected parts of yourself and that's really what shadow work is it's an act of self-love mm. you know I just read two articles that it must have been somebody wrote this article around self-love and then somebody was inspired and wrote another but it's like you know how Facebook targets whatever you've read and then you all of a sudden yeah. you have like multiple more things that are related to that topic well this article was sort of a spin on self-love and it was self-love isn't just chocolates and putting yourself in a bathtub and, and using self-love to escape. And I was just really sitting in this perspective of, of what the article was saying. And I don't know if you know Car- Carolyn Elliott, I believe. She has. Yes. Yeah. I've, which, interviewed, I've interviewed her. She's awesome. Okay. Yeah. So her, she, this was one of her blog posts and she talked about it in relationship to the shadow and that self-love is a way of life and it's not necessarily I need to go you know take my cat just ran in um, <laughs> take a bath and check out but um, the fact that it's such a big part of our society right now and that we're looking for things that make us feel better and and you know dropping out of the crazy hustle lifestyle I think that it was just an interesting perspective and I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on it since we're on this topic yeah well um I haven't read Carolyn's piece on it but it sounds pretty much like what I've been feeling is um I think we're so polarized right now and uh I think Politics is really pushing people apart, but now we're looking at even more ways to separate and separate and divide. Mm. And like, um, I actually first noticed it in the world of food, believe it or not. Like I was Mm. really interested in the dogma of food and how people like, they get into their bubble and everybody else is wrong. You're all wrong. (laughs) And then there's people on social media that like literally spend their day 
kind of an outrage addiction. And so for me, I believe self-love is the way to create a shift in that, like, cause we're taking everything that we don't like about ourselves and we're pushing it out on other people. So my bubble is perfect and clean. You have a problem. Right. You have a problem and you have a problem and you have a problem, but I don't. <laughs> I'm so wise. I'm so perfect. I'm so clean. I'm so ascended. Um, but it's only in doing shadow work that we get to a place where we start seeing like, ooh, like what I'm really doing is projecting all these parts of myself that I don't love mm -hmm. onto other people. And then I'm hating on them <laughs> because I hate that part of myself. So when we do shadow work when we learn to go within and find love for those pieces of ourselves it makes us more gentle with other people mm -hmm. and i think it like brings us together and that we yeah. really really need that right now i just saw that i don't know what kind of whale it was um scientists have been following these whales that are migrating south right now and they can't find any newborn babies like, oh no Yes, and they're saying like, this could be it. Like this could be the beginning of the end for these guys if we don't, if we can't find a baby. And I'm thinking like, you can't panic when you see something like that, but it's like your first reaction. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, save the rhinos. Like, right, exactly. Save the whales, save the planet. Oh my God, you can't save the planet. You can't yell at people on social media. All you can do is learn to like love yourself up <laughs> like I was yeah. talking about. So it, so you're kinder. Being kinder allows people to hear what you have to say if it is that important. But it also sets an example and invites other people to do the same for themselves. So in that way, it can yeah. be like this big, grand, huge, new agey idea, but it starts very small and dirty. <laughs> you have to get a little bit dirty and yes. messy, you know, at first, you know, and mm -hmm. it's, it's ongoing, but that's very different than taking a perfumed bubble bath, which is kind of like the lovely Instagram version of self-love. Right. And that's, that was the mirror of what I, both of these articles I had read was really highlighting. And uh, I was, I was very inspired to see it in that perspective, because I think it is in one of, I don't think it was Carolyn's uh, blog post, but it was in the other one. And, and she had stated, I can't remember what it was. I have to pull it up. She had stated that let's not make self-love a cool trend. You know, it's not just trending. It's something that we really get to like harness and embody and, and put into our lives and not just escape as it uses like escapism. Yes. Right? Spiritual bypass. Right. That too. So I, I see them very similar. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, and it's all good. It's like an entry point to self-love, right? When you start, if you're mean to yourself all the time and, you know, learning positive self-talk, for example, is really, really important. If you have a voice in your head that's telling you you're a piece of shit, <laughs> that's a beautiful place to start. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? It just learning to have a, you know, to start working with a different voice in your head is powerful. And you might have to do that for like three years before you're ready to move on. Um, if you haven't been nurtured in your life and you feel kind of desperate for someone to take care of you, learning to take care of yourself and make a beautiful bubble bath for yourself and the perfect cup of tea, mm -hmm. getting all hygge with it. And, you know, like cozy is that self-love. It, it, it is. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was focused on um, 
however many years ago. But again, the self, this shadow love that I've been mm -hmm. talking about is different because it's a little bit, it's a lot more deep than, yeah. than that. Yeah. And I, I find like the juiciness and like the realness is really in those deep places. And I don't know if you get this from, from maybe women or just people often, but sometimes when I show up to a space and uh, let's say like me and a, a, a woman, a, a particular girlfriend of mine, this actually, I'll just use an example. So a particular friend of mine, we had been going through some, some heavy stuff. Like she's, you know, going through stuff in her life. I'm going through stuff in my life. And we came to this moment, we were actually at Burning Man and she had a, a whole breakdown and looked at me and pointed the finger and said that I'm all these things and put, you know, all this basically like dumped everything that I felt like was within herself onto me. And I just stopped and said, you know, I feel like I'm just your mirror in this and you're seeing your shadow through me. Mm -hmm. And the more that I've worked on my own shadow, the more that I feel like I bring that upon others. And I almost looked at it as it was like this dark thing that I was carrying. And it, it just like, I felt sort of ashamed of it. But then the more that I've like owned, okay, maybe I'm just this embodiment. Also, I'm a Sagittarius. So I bring that like fiery, passionate, like deep conversation into the spaces that I go into, you know, that I just get to embody it. But I, I just wonder because, you know, when I see other sisters who are practicing this craft, if they experience that as well. Yeah, I think, well, that's a projection that, and that's for sure one of the first ways you can learn to access your shadow, which is what I was trying to explain with social media, where you're, you see what you hate in yourself and everybody else around you. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I think once you do shadow work for yourself, the side effect of that is you start seeing other people's shadows too. And hopefully it just brings up a lot of compassion because you realize like, wow, we all have this going on. And yeah. um, the shadow is subconscious, what, meaning it's not conscious. We can, literally can't see it. That's why we have to do, you know, little journeys and rituals. And we kind of have to trick ourselves into seeing it in a way because it's literally not conscious. We're not aware of it. So people are our mirrors, all of us, all of us. It's just, if someone doesn't understand shadow work and they haven't done it for themselves, <laughs> they're looking in the mirror and they're only seeing the other person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then someone like you, you know, look, can see yourself in in the people mirror in a way and, yeah. and i just think it you have a certain awareness of it now so you're probably mm -hmm. noticing it um and maybe your friends sense that they can go there with you because it might be a safe space you know we're always yeah. like rudest to our mothers or our <laughs> sisters because we're they're they're probably gonna love us even if we're a total dick like they're right. probably gonna still love us and so they get all of our junk you know or someone that you've been with for a long time in a romantic relationship so maybe they're just sensing that about you like <laughs> you know yeah she's very loving let's dump something on her and see what happens <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah that's that's beautiful it's good to kind of hear that perspective in it all. Um, so I, I have a question for you. What do you, what is your like favorite 
aspect of the craft of witchcraft that you've taken into your like maybe like daily routine or just life something that you like can't resist to live without within Mm. the confines of all of that magic (laughs) daily it would probably be I mean there's so many things that's hard to answer because I could just sit here rambling and rambling (laughs) all the things all the things I mean I use a mudra that I use on the go all the time I pull a tarot card every morning I don't tend to do big tarot spreads unless yeah. I'm, I have an issue like something that I want some insight on but every day I pull a tarot card just to set the tone just to kind of be like what do I need to know what do I need to keep mm. in mind today uh, usually lately it's been t- to have a joyful experience of this day and the answer is always gratitude I have learned <laughs> like, oh my gosh so much like, gratitude yeah it's like wow okay so that's so true but then the human part of me needs to learn that over and over and over and over <laughs> and over again, just to make sure I got it. Um, and then maybe in a, definitely in a daily way, but more like seasonal, I'm way into the wheel of the year. And that is so fun. That makes, speaking of joy, it makes life such a joy because every six weeks or so, there's another turn of the wheel on the solar year. And it gives you an opportunity to just really tune into the light. And I don't mean like light is in light and love. I mean, literally the light of the solar year and how the light changes on a yearly basis. And that's going to be represented in a different way, depending on where you live. Right. right. So the, the changing of the seasons is so weird for us in Los Angeles. Like, it's so, <laughs> oh, what is this? It's not winter. We had no winter. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So I tend to focus on the light and how it changes. Today, I really noticed it when I woke up because I get up at um, 5.30 and I'm like, my kitchen is- It's lighter. I can can see. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I get up at like 5.55. I didn't this morning because I was downtown with my man and uh, it was like, but the other day when we woke up, I think it was Saturday. It definitely, you know, in this place, it gets so bright clearly, you know, with the, the sunrise. But it was like five, almost six o'clock and it was like fully sun. I'm like, yay, I love when it gets light in the morning. Gets yeah. us up. Yeah, it gives me like, I don't know. I, I don't know a better word for this. So I'll put the word good in front of it. A good kind of anxiety. Like I get like, oh my God. Life, life has changed. Time is ticking. What is happening? Here we, you know, like life is really happening, you know, because I don't know something about, I'm really into Saturn, by the way, you talked about being in your Saturn return, Saturn mm-hmm. father time. I've spent, mm. I guess it'll be two years at the start of this summer that I've been working very closely with Saturn. And, um, I guess on the turn of the wheel, I kind of have this like it's just like an awakening kind of every six weeks or so where you're like, whoa, like time is really going by. This is a finite reality we're in, which is again, why I choose to ground, to become spirit in the flesh to, I don't really at this point in my life, it could change one day, but I don't really want to transcend this reality because it's so brief. It's so fleeting. We don't know how long we get. And I, I believe we're here to experience it. We're meant to be here for mm-hmm. a purpose that we may not even entirely understand ever, but um, I don't want to miss it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, missed, I missed so much of it. 
I missed a lot of it. I think I missed 15 years or so, um, <laughs> just being lost, anxious, depressed, searching, doing all of that uh, channeling and meditating. And it probably all needed to happen. And I'm going to say it did because it did happen. And what else can I say about it? But yeah. um, you do have that sensation too of like, well, I missed all that because I was so like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, in my, I don't know, anxiety or depression, right. whatever I was in at the time. So, um, yeah, I just want to be here now. And that's what the wheel of the year does for me. So when you had that transition of being in your depression state and anxiety, and I guess what I kind of hear is searching for your soul and what you're here for and all of those like unanswered questions that we kind of find ourselves with. What made that, like, what did you, when did you finally decide that you were going to be here now? Um, <laughs> You know what? For me, it was not a spiritual or emotional journey. I thought it was. It was actually chemical and it was uh, food and dairy allergies, <laughs> wow. which is so crazy. I mean, I'm just so, it's, it's hard not to feel like, man, that's, if somebody had told me this in my teens, my entire 20s would have been different. Hmm. Um, I do, I do have some trauma in my past. I have some trauma in my not so recent past. And I thought I needed to fix something in me, mentally, psychology, spirituality. That's why I, I know so much about those things because I spent so much time trying to fix myself. Right. And I did heal a lot, but it wasn't until I changed my diet and I got off gluten and dairy. I went through a healing protocol using, um, amino acids and it changed my whole life. It changed wow. my whole life. It grounded me in my body. I stopped having all these crazy symptoms and my son has autism. So, uh, everything I want to try on him to make his life more enjoyable and comfortable. I tend to try on myself and come to find out we're sensitive to all the same things. So wow. I really did it for him and it ended up being for me as well. That's so magical that that all like, I mean, that's a perfect example of a mirror, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have learned so much from that guy. Holy moly. I'm I sure. can't even, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Sure. It's amazing. Yeah. He is, he is my role model for joy too. He's mm. genuinely, I'm sure his life has been very challenging in so many ways. I know it has been, and it probably has been more than I even know. But he is the most joyful, loving, happy-go-lucky person who can just rock out on the wind for like an entire afternoon or, and just loves people. And um, it's fun to watch the way that that, it, most people respond very well to it. It lights them up and um, you'll get the random person who it kind of freaks out. Uh, but most people tend to respond in a really beautiful way. So he's like, a speaking of angels, he's like a little earth angel. I really see all of them, be those beautiful, you know, they've got some sort of disability. I feel like it's such an advantage in so many ways. I was watching a video um, with a, a couple who has autism and they're sharing just their love for each other and how simple it is. It was like, we just love each other and that's really it. 
you know, it doesn't need to be any more complicated. They don't, they don't face the sort of same things that we do as, you know, we've got such mind chatter constantly and relationships are such a whole nother conversation, but they just approached it. This video was so moving and I don't remember where it was posted. I might've reposted it, but it was just like this, this two couple just in love, you know, and they were the joy aspect of what they brought to each other's lives was so beautiful that you could just see it, you know, around their entire aura, their body. And what a beautiful gift that you, you have brought into your life too. <laughs> yeah. And we say they have mental disabilities, right? And right. everything that you just explained is so true. Going to pick my son up from the different programs he goes to, I get to meet people that have um, Down syndrome and autism primarily, and they have the joy in a way the rest of us do not. And it, I think a large part of it is what you just said. It's like, we're such head cases, you know, we're just always, <laughs> up in our heads, up in our heads. We can confuse what's up in our heads is our spirituality, which is kind of what I was talking about. And um, they don't have that. Mm -hmm. They don't have that. Um, they're very smart in their own way, but I think it's a, it's a heart wisdom that they have. Mm, that they're yeah. this. That's so beautiful. Yeah, I definitely can really relate to all that, especially right now I'm going through like the shadow work I'm currently experiencing in my life is some really deep insecurities that have risen from my, my current relationship. And I didn't really see them coming. It was like, oh, whoa, like how am I feeling insecure all of a sudden? Yeah. And I've not really been that type of woman most of my life. But here I have manifested some really big things now. So I was just listening to an Abraham Hicks uh, YouTube clip on my way back home this morning. And it was, she's talking about, you know, getting into the grid of our reality. And a lot of times we fall into like a thought form that isn't our reality. And we think that thought form and it's just us thinking on a separate grid of the reality that we are creating, uh, that we have created. And it just hit me this morning. I was like, oh, Again, I was just out of the vortex, you know, out of my reality and not tuning into this is this, this amazing life that I've created for myself. I get to have, you know, yeah. it's so rooted in insecurity, self-worth and all those stories. And, and I think that, you know, it, there's, there's a mirror there with having your son being just this example of joy. And then, you know, I'm over here thinking of all the things that I don't want in my life and my reality. And they're just like, look at all this, like. <laughs> Everything live. Everything's beautiful. And I think that it's, it's really a good reminder for us to come back. And that's why I, again, like even either shadow work or inner child work can be so powerful because yeah. it's just like not taking life so seriously. Yes. I, this really, you, I heard you talking about, um, channeling, like you were talking about when you were doing a podcast, I think, and you were talking about like, I'm just going to channel through whatever's coming through right now when I was creating the audio for shadow love, things got so simple in this way. I did not expect at all. And I, I, I love when that happens when I, I think I'm going to create something and then whoosh, like other things <laughs> are coming through and it turned into something I did not think that it was going to turn into. Um, I got chills, but, uh, it got so simple. And it was really about love and fear and that our shadow is just a container for our fear. 
And so if you're jealous, if you're insecure, if, if you feel like you're being attacked, any of these things, you can literally just ask yourself, what am I afraid of? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that is like a portal to shadow love. And I really think inner child work is shadow love, is shadow work. Um, because really that's what you're going back to. Most of the programs that we're acting out now were put into place when we were so small. We didn't, we're so innocent when we're born mm -hmm. and these programs get put into place by well-meaning parents, not well-meaning parents, <laughs> you know, yeah. the school, the media, for me, magazines, MTV, like it. Oh yeah. It's, we <laughs> get these, they shape these, they put these programs in place. And so there's all these different ages inside of us that are still there. Like your inner teenager has a lot of fear and you get this kind of arrested development thing going on. And really the, in my experience, this might not be true, but the way I experience it now is the only way <laughs> to release that is to go back and learn how to love that teenager who just mm. stopped and put up a wall at that point because something was so frightening. That particular piece of your development just stopped and was arrested. So it's fascinating. I could talk about the shadow all day long, but it's so simple. I really just kept thinking love and fear, love and fear. And it was just profound, that simplicity. Abraham yeah. Hicks is great like that. A lot of people have issues with Abraham Hicks. I don't agree with every single thing that every person I love from, love from, every person I learn from and love. I don't have to agree with everything no. they say to appreciate their work. Mm -hmm. And for me, I really turn to Abraham Hicks when I'm looking for that simplicity. Yeah. Does it feel good? Does it feel good? Does it spark joy? <laughs> you know, um, go there, you know, or suffer. Yeah. Yeah. She definitely is one of those, like if I, any topic that I feel like I'm working through, I can just type it into YouTube and she's got a, she's got something to say about it. And it mm -hmm. just brings me back to my own. Okay like who I am. And it's usually simple things. Like she said, are you meditating? You know, stuff like that. And I feel like I meditate throughout my day with a lot of the things that I do, mindfulness tasks and all that stuff. So sitting down to meditate for me is, is very healing, but it also, then other times I need a good, I need a good physical one hour workout. And that's my really healing, like getting in my body too. So it's just like, I feel like there's so many tools to navigate this, this reality and, and work through our shadow, but it yeah. really has to fit into our, our DNA and our mold and what we need yeah. at the end to of the me, day. That's, that's such a product to me of being like grounded and knowing who you are to be able to say today, I just need to sit and meditate or no, like, wait a minute, what am I feeling in my body? I think I just need to run, you know? <laughs> and, yeah. um, our bodies, if we could just, even beyond meditating, which meditating can facilitate, but listening to the messages of our body, I think in a lot of ways are mis listening to the messages of our soul and self-care then becomes about doing what you were just saying. And self-care is a product of self-love. You take care yeah. of something that you love. And if you're that thing, um, that's an expression of self-love. Absolutely. So beautiful. Self-care equals self-love. I'm like writing that down right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, think about if you love something or somebody, you take care of them or him or her or whatever it is. 
Yeah. And one of the things about sort of what you're saying that um, as far as going back to witchcraft and uh, using that as a tool, I've, I've been really connected, you know, I'm connected to the earth right now. So I feel that there's this green thumb calling within me, like the green witch is coming out and she's like, okay, let's like really get in tune with planting seeds and watering them and watching them grow. Yeah. And how, like, I'm seeing the land around me completely change through the seasons, which you don't really get to see in L.A., like you said earlier. So I'm watching, like, these little tiny leaves pop up from the ground as we've had all this rain, which isn't quite a lot, but it's a lot for us that we've had in a while, you know. And it's just amazing to, to just go back down to, like, Mama Gaia and realize, wait, we are just as one as she is. So why are we like, we can just slow down a little bit and be in this secular rhythm of, of life to yes, let things like allow things to flow when they're meant to flow. You know, I've, I've, I've kind of been like a doer, doer, do the masculine. That was my early twenties. And I'm still chipping away at those parts of me. You know, I think it's really powerful to harness that masculine energy when necessary, but I was always like race motocross, you know, total tomboy, <laughs> keeping up with the dudes because I thought that that would make me feel like I was like worthy or powerful or had a voice, you know. So there's a lot of healing around that. But I just feel like um, going back to nature is for me right now incredibly healing to just be with and see and learn from her wisdom. And that's that's really something like that's what witchcraft means to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. When people ask me, where do I start? Like, I want to be a witch or I feel like I am a witch, but I don't know where to start. I always say start with the wheel of the year because you learn so much about nature, how to connect with nature. You learn that you are nature. So like the urge to plant seeds physically can be an urge to plant seeds in your own life in a psycho-spiritual mm -hmm. kind of way. And you start learning about the life, death, life cycle of life, which is mm -hmm. a very comforting supportive thing when you get a real grasp on that nothing dies and nothing every dies. death and every death is a new beginning when I was driving up the coast to Cambria and back both ways um it's where we drove past like Montecito Carpinteria all that yeah that got so burned on the fires and it's wow. black right but then what do you see are like these lime green little baby shoots popping up everywhere we yep. drove there in a rainstorm and we drew wow in the sun and it was just like and there it is i mean mother nature is so regenerative like that you know and you are too we are too and you know we fall apart and we put ourselves back together and we fall apart and we put ourselves back together and it's that's like the breath of life you know and you can see that when you start looking at the cycles of nature and then it starts informing you about yourself in a way because you are nature Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said. I, I was curious as to like what I haven't dr driven down to Santa Barbara at all, you know, since everything happened over there. And I just I would love to see it, actually, because I find that there's just so much beauty. And when all that like Kali energy comes through and just destroys and destroys and then and then, like you said, there's just these little green seeds and pods that are rising from all that destruction. And, and we realize that, you know, we're going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. That thing really dies. Yeah. It just transforms. That's a hard thing for me to accept. I'm a clinger. 
I'm a clinger. I like, I'm very nostalgic. I, and uh, an old boyfriend of mine used to call me um, the sentimentalist <laughs> um, because I just, I don't know, when things start changing, I think we all resist it. But uh, again, with the wheel of the year, like life is change. Life is change. And if you just let go and you stay really, really present, you maybe you can accept maybe i don't know i don't know how to get there yet but maybe one day i can accept that those baby whales might never appear and that that's what we've done to the planet and that's where we're at and life is going to show up in a different way mm -hmm. it might not be in that whale it might be in a new creature that is better adapted to the what we have done to our oceans you know it's very being human ain't easy. It's a challenge and it's an invitation. And um, I hope there's a purpose to all of it and that there's meaning in it and that we're learning something here together. Yeah, well said. That brings me to this book I'm reading, Earth is Hiring by Peta Kelly. I don't know if for Peta Kelly, that's how you say her name. Um, she's a pretty big influencer and she writes, wrote this book on mostly geared towards the millennials, which is my generation. I don't know when you were, you look I'm like a Gen it. X. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> yes. So um, she had, she was explaining in this, in this paragraph how, um, you know, everything's evolving and the millennials have, uh, have come to hold space for this new way of like how we see the world and we're kind of this part of this big evolution as i think every generation is but she's really speaking to how we've been called entitled or how we've been called like we don't see working at a nine-to-five desk as that being like soul fulfilling which i think a lot of gen x ulcers they don't really see that either you know i've seen a lot of my friends in my life are all like 40 and up including my partner so i see them in that light as well, but uh, she referenced to certain species on our planet who have adapted to the evolution and change, such as a, oh gosh, I can't remember, it was a specific, like a kangaroo, for example, you know, this is not the right example at all, I wish I could pull up the book right now, but is has adapted to the cobra snake venom, because that way it can continue to live through getting bitten by a snake or something, so like that's how we evolve and adapt to what's going on and the changes in our world. So I do believe that. I think that's where faith kind of comes in and we get to just have faith that there is a meaning to why maybe this, this whale unfortunately is possibly going to be extinct, but it's really hard to stomach because we do, we want to like hold on to everything. Yes. Yeah. Know? I think that's a lot of Gen X, the way I see my generation, like we were seen as being kind of lost. <laughs> mm. And I think now that the millennials have come in and I can see us in between the baby boomers and the millennials, I think we were a bridge generation. We were kind of mm. the last generation. We grew up as kids without the internet, without like, I remember when we got our first VCR and our first <laughs> microwave and before cell phones, there were car phones. My dad had a phone like this big that was in his phone in his car. And when somebody called, the car would honk. So he'd have to go running what? outside to answer his phone. But we thought it was the coolest thing ever, oh man. Gosh, that's so so um, yeah, we're getting to be kind of like the in-between generation and watching this. And I see the baby boomers not all. I mean, there are some great hippies in the, in the baby yeah. generation, um, but some are really suffering because they're trying to hold on to the way things used to be, their mm -hmm. comfort zone. And what you're saying about 
millennials not wanting to work a nine to five desk job, they're really holding on to these old jobs that literally cannot be protected anymore because, oh. whoa! <laughs> <laughs> my cat has joined. No, this is my, this is my, this is my co-host Dumbledore. Okay, you gotta, you gotta get up, buddy. I have Dumbledore's <laughs> wand sitting right behind me. Of course. <laughs> oh my gosh, Dumbledore, I love that. Um, so those jobs are being, ex they're going extinct, not because of some evil millennial agenda or anything like that. It's just where technology is taking us. Oh. <laughs> and, um, Woo! sorry. <laughs> Computers are going to be doing a lot of the jobs that humans used to yeah. do. And that's just one example. There are many ways. So we're moving into this time where we're using our creativity to make a living. And we're learning how to be of service in new ways to make a living. And so it's really exciting if you can go there with it. But I, under I can see how it's very frightening for somebody who's worked in a steel mill for 40 years, you know what right. I mean? And it's like painful that all they know is being taken away from them in a sense. So yeah, it's as we live in a fascinating time, it's a huge privilege to be alive now and see everything that's happening. Yeah, absolutely. I find it very interesting too, to see, you know, sort of the them baby boomers like my father try like understand and try to grasp it because he's watched me and just been like I don't know you know but <laughs> <laughs> you've been I've I've been on this like solo journey self-employed for since I was like I don't know it's been like five years now and I finally have like a business and feeling stable and you know and all the things and then my creative projects but it's taken me a good five years to finally find what it is that I get to like have some passion around mm -hmm. and then a lot of passion then like a whole lot more but he's just like you know I realized finally that you're 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 always gonna figure it out and you're gonna be okay I couldn't do it but you've always somehow figured it out <laughs> I'm like yeah. It, yeah it wasn't easy so like we can all learn from each other too at any yeah. time but this time especially like baby boomers a lot are reaching out to millennials to learn how to work a computer and how you yeah. know what I mean and um I think there's value in reaching up and reaching down and learning from the generation below you and the generation above you. Obviously someone who's older has a different kind of wisdom and life mm -hmm. experience than I have. Um, but then these younger generations have so much to offer and learn from too and their own wisdom, which I've learned again from having a son with autism because right. his wisdom is so different. <laughs> it's not even a generational <laughs> thing. It's just like, yep. It almost feels like he came here from another planet in a way, and he's just just he just does everything in a different way. So all you can do is just listen and and open your heart and take it in, and mm -hmm. um, because he didn't speak for so long, you have to really really learn how to be fully present to mm -hmm. to get the messages and to speak that a different language. Right. You know? Wow, what a gift! Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit before we have to wrap things up kind of about what you do and uh, what Joanna DeVoe behind the kick-ass witch gets to do every day with her. So you, and you're just in your business, like solely in your kick-ass witch business, right? 
you mean I'm doing it by myself? Yeah. Yes. Pretty much. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh, <laughs> what do I do? Let's see. My favorite thing that I do is my podcast because clearly I cannot shut up. I just love to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. So um, there's something magical about podcasting that has connected me to a huge community of people that are not all like me. That's what's so fun about it is they're mm -hmm. like, I don't know if I agree with this thing that you just said, but I really like you and you're really silly and that, that's fun. And I'm here every week to hang out with you. you know? <laughs> and I love that. But um, what I basically what I offer is coaching one-on-one, -on -one, which I tend to not like put out there. I let it kind of run on word of mouth because I usually focus on the Wheel of the Year program that I have mm -hmm. called the Psycho Spiritual Wheel of the Year, this new Shadow Love audio journey I created. I have a queen program um, that I run periodically. I'll be doing again this spring. And I have a couple ebooks that I wrote that are awesome, that I love. <laughs> and, and I can say that because it, I feel like they came through me instead of from me mm. in a way. And so it felt like a huge honor to just like capture all of that and write it down and share that with people. And um, so I tend to focus on what I'm offering as a whole. Like here's this journey we can go on together. Here's this right. book you can read. Uh, but then people can work with me one-on-one -on -one if they want to too. And then I do so much for free. So much. I make videos, yeah. you know, the podcasts and there's just a lot of joy in that, and it's far goofier, I think. Maybe if I maybe if I'm charging someone money for an ebook, it's not going to be quite as goofy because I want them to get as much value out of it as possible. But like with the podcast, I started doing something called the Saturn's Day Evening Post, where I talk about all kinds of weird, random things. It's basically just like a phone call with a friend, and it's not. <laughs> It's not teachable. I'm not teaching anything. I'm just like, oh my God, guys, this thing happened to me today. And uh, I find I've bumped up against my own shadow quite a bit there because I'm just yeah. like chit-chatting. And then I'm like, why did I say that? Oh my God, they're going to yep. hate me. Like, you know, and it's been very uh, exciting because I'm always putting my foot in my mouth. So it really, it's like an accelerated spiritual process to keep showing up in such a public way and talking to thousands of people and like right. saying the wrong thing and then saying something that might actually be helpful and then you know like just I don't know just being so raw and, and yeah my kooky self on a weekly basis has taught me a lot yeah I definitely can uh align to all that too with you know showing up consistently and vulnerably and I've kind of been in this place where I'm like like resisting it in some way at times yeah. and I'm like but then I get up and I do it and I'm like whoa that was so fulfilling right you know it's just like get out of my way and be what I'm here to be yes yeah so. it's a strange thing I definitely have like vulnerability attacks like why did you just tell 4,000 people that whatever the thing is <laughs> like why why did you do that you know and it's like I don't know because I just felt like it in the moment <laughs> in my head and uh, so there's just a lot to learn that way, I think. Right. And then allowing that many people to know you in an intimate way, because if you're being authentic, they do know you 
right. in a way. Like there's no being like, well, that's just a character I play or that's my business personality. Like <laughs> I don't really have a business personality. Like, I know. I, yeah. you know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, but my life is all of the things and molded into all of it. So it's, it is constantly like when I feel resistance to it, it's usually because there's some part of me that I'm not walking it, you mm. know? So I get to like check in and, and yeah, I've heard you share that though. And listening to you today, I heard you share, like, I'm struggling with this or I'm in resistance about that. And that kind of brings us back around to the beginning of the conversation when I was like, I love that you said, I don't look up to you. I just like recognize and appreciate like, oh, that's badass because in doing that, you're allowing other people to see that like, oh, I can show up like that too. I don't have to be perfect. I don't mm -hmm. have to have all the answers. I don't have to walk my talk 100% of the time without flaws because you can't for one thing. You can't like what a lie don't right. get sucked into the instagram lie like there yeah. is no perfect witch there is no perfect <laughs> spiritual practitioner like guru yeah. person on the internet you know if you find me in the grocery store i might have sweatpants on and a bun in my hair and a cold i'm sorry i just might <laughs> <laughs> please don't put a picture of me on instagram like that right. but i might look like that you know yeah. <laughs> totally hear you yeah. so uh, yeah. And again, I think that's really exciting about what's happening with technology right now is, is the personal brand because we might teach the exact same thing. You might talk about self-love and shadow work and chakras and healing. I don't know, all the same stuff, right? right. But nobody can do it like Nixie Marie and nobody can do it like Joanna DeVoe and different people can tune in to like, what resonates with them at the time, totally. mm -hmm. you know? So there can be 10,000 of us with the exact same message, but we're each unique. And now I have to get really stoner about this, but, um, <laughs> which is a reflection of what I was saying about the divine, like the God is in us all or goddess, whatever you prefer or source. And, yep. and so that's just like a micro reflection of that big macro truth. Yeah. And I've, once I, like really got that you know we're all this one oneness oh well maybe we're just pulling from this collective stream of consciousness and we're able to just integrate it and, and channel it right and it, it's like because i'll have moments where i'll talk to a girlfriend and we're saying how parallel our lives are you know and it's just like well of course they're parallel of course yeah. because we're each other at the end of the day and I, unique because you have mm -hmm. your lens that that same information is going through that same source energy is going through you know nixie's purple lens and joanna's orange lens and so it's like the same information and these parallel experiences but they're like a little bit different because mm -hmm. you're you you know absolutely yes. i'm agreeing with you i think i is think that, so is that what it like? <laughs> that's what it yes. was meant to sound like i heard robert ohato years ago say something um he's an astrologer and he said something about channeling that really resonated with me especially in terms of like channeled messages that mm -hmm. were maybe like jesus oriented or something that i didn't really resonate with and he's like you can channel 
this divine, whatever it is, but you're, you're the, the funnel that it's coming through. You're the lens it's coming through and that is going to change it. So if you like, if you're Edgar Casey, for example, and, um, you're channeling these healing messages, but you're a major Christian, they're going to come through a Christian lens. And so there's, there's truth in it, but it's coming through the Edgar Casey lens. Right. And then Abraham Hicks is a different lens. And, um, that just made so much sense to me. And it allowed me to look at the messages of like different religions of the world and things like that and see the truth in them. And then to look in each person's life and see the truth in that. Right. I know. It's fascinating to look at things, like you said, in different lenses, because we could take that into an example of just like photography. You know, if we Mm -hmm. all, if we all stood on the line and all had a camera and got to shoot this one specific thing, it would all look differently because we're all seeing it differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think about like, I am getting to, um, I'm, I'm not a stoner, but it seems like, (laughs) it seems like a stonery thing to say, but you think of God as like this super faceted, like crystal or diamond. And, and when the light hits it, it goes off into all these little pinpoint directions. Right. And each of us are a different pinpoint, but we're in a different place in our lives and we have different programming and we have maybe unique missions and, and I don't know, different bodies. And it's, uh, maybe, I'm not saying this is true for sure, because I don't know, but maybe it's just God experiencing itself in a bunch of different ways because it's fun and, and mm-hmm. it wants to. <laughs> I do enjoy that perspective. <laughs> yeah. Well, my dear, I think we could probably talk for hours and hours, and uh, it's been such an honor to have you on. I think we hit a lot of different topics here. And yeah. uh, before we wrap it up, I have a few more questions for you, though. Uh, where can everybody find you? Cause I know they're going to just, they're just going to want to go searching and have a jo- Joanna DeVoe morning too. <laughs> I am, I am Joanna DeVoe everywhere. My favorite social media hangout is Twitter by far. I love the Wow. Twitter. You're a Twitter girl. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm, I'm a Twitter evangelist. I will happily tell anybody why they need to be on Twitter because I just love it so much. Um, but my website is www.joannadevoe.com. And everything I do is there. It'll lead to the podcast. The podcast is Hippie Witch. You can find it on iTunes. and Or you can just go to my website. Awesome. Beautiful. Well, my dear, my question that I ask everybody that's on the show is, what does it mean to be a goddess to you? I think everything that I was just saying. Um, I think it's... <laughs> about God, you know, all those stuff. So go ahead and rewind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it's about letting, I think of God as a it. It's not a he, it's not a she. Mm -hmm. Um, As a woman though, letting it flow through my life and being as clear of a channel as I can possibly be is being a goddess. It's learning to love myself at the deepest, deepest, deepest levels. And reflecting back at other people that they can do the same. Beautiful. Well, thank you for showing up as a beautiful mirror and sharing your wisdom and your bright light of love. It's just like, it's such an honor to connect with you and to just hear your side of things and your perspective. And I think everybody's really going to enjoy it. So, ah, 
Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you so much. I'll have to have you on my podcast because I have questions for you, lady. Oh, shoot. She's got questions for me, too. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> we'll just keep the conversation going, maybe. Okay, cool. Well, um, you know, I said earlier, we're going to leave everyone with a song. So this is your opportunity now to share mm. some musical choice and selection for everybody to listen to. What, yes. what can we hear? Devendra Van Hart, Mama Wolf. That sounds great. All right, sisters. Well, I love you. I see you. I hear you. Until next time, have a magical rest of your day, evening, morning, whenever you find yourself listening to this podcast. We'll talk to you soon. When I'm in the woods, I know what to call you now. When I'm in the woods, I know what to call you now. Hey, Mama Wolf. Hey, Mama Wolf. Maybe the mountains know what to call you now Maybe the mountains know what to call you now Hey, my, my, whoa Hey, my, my, whoa When I'm in a womb, I know what to call you now And when a belly blooms, I know what to call you now Hey, mama, oh, hey, mama, oh, oh, oh. Well, I'd say, Marie, I know what to call you now. Swimming in the sea, I know what to call you now. And when you swim with me, I know what to call you now. And when you're under me, what to call you now? Hey, my mouth. Hey, my mouth. Hey, my mouth.